Welcome to the Opportunity Collective, a collaborative network of emerging leaders who are creating new opportunities for ourselves, but more importantly, for others. I'm Daniel Eccles, and I'm here to guide you on the path to returning your plan A into a reality. And that's the impact that you feel called to make. And here's the secret sauce in how we make it happen. Collaboration is greater than competition. By working together, we can accomplish far more than we ever could alone. In each episode of the Opportunity Collective, we showcase remarkable leaders, creatives, and entrepreneurs, and we start creating opportunities through three questions that we ask them. What are you excited about? How can you help? And how can we help you? So let's join the Opportunity Collective and start collaborating with other emerging leaders to create opportunities. Today, Stephen Glasser is collaborating with the Opportunity Collective. He is up there at Northview Church in Fargo as a discipleship next steps pastor, but he has a passion and excitement for the young adult ministry that he does there, even to the point where he has created a podcast called the Going Somewhere Podcast to help these young adults uh, take the next steps that they need to take in the season of just the highest change rate your 20s and 30s, so many things are changing and it's hard to know how to navigate them. And he wants to see them fulfill their purpose and to lean into the things that uh, the Lord has for them in their life. So he is really a creative person and uh, super fun to chat with, but he wants our young adults and you as well to really have a life that feels fulfilled. And so he'll go over a couple of ways for that uh, to happen. It's great advice for people in their 20s. It's great advice for people in their 50s. And that's fight for your community. Find your rhythm and lean into your life. We'll also talk a little bit about his own story of his transferable skills from working for the Carson Wentz of, you know, the NFL and the Philadelphia Eagles and the Colts and that quarterback. And he worked for his foundation. And how does... The skills that he learned in working for that foundation and Carson Wentz transferred to being a pastor, transferred to running a podcast, transferred to some of the other fun things that he is doing. And as always, stick to the end of this one. There will be opportunities for you to use your skills and help Stephen out on some of the things that he's excited about and the things that he is trying to impact the world with, like his podcast. But he also has some things that he wants to share with you that might help you take that next step to fulfill and make the things that you feel passionate about happen, the things that you feel called to create by your creator. So stick to the end of the episode. And until then, here is Stephen. Well, Stephen, it's a couple of good old Midwest boys podcasting. Here we are. Yes. <laughs> we're I'm we're doing this. <laughs> Oh gosh, we were talking a bit, listener, before you got on here about just Midwest niceties, and we call it Hoosier hospitality, and then what? North Dakota nice, North Dakota nice, <laughs> yeah, North Dakota nice around here. Yeah, so we're we're just excited to have you a part of the conversation, listener, and just imagine that you are in an elevator with a stranger who starts talking to you. Well, that's that's about what this Midwest nice 
experience is going to be for you. But today, Stephen, why don't you go ahead and besides that introduction, and what is actually important for listeners to know about you? Who are you and what, what are you excited about? You know, that, that's good. Actually, you know, that's what all you need to know. You know, I mean, that's I, it. I, I lived out on the, the East Coast and going into a gas station or grocery store, like North Dakota Nice, you look in and you go, hey, you know, friends or strangers are friends I haven't met yet, you know, and or however <laughs> that goes. And so I would always get nasty looks of like, just buy your groceries and get out of here. But no, I am living in Fargo, North Dakota grew up born and raised in North Dakota, married three kids. Being a dad is the greatest dream. I'm I'm a person that has, you know, quite a few dreams, ambitions, whether it's writing, podcasting, I'm a pastor by trade, I work at a church full time, but even from a young age like being a dad was like this is it. This is going to be the top notch. And obviously with that too, being a husband, married to Taylor, we've been married about 8 years. Between that and just my faith, those are the most important things. And I I love the everyday like life. 75% of our life is spent doing very everyday, ordinary things, folding laundry, cooking meals, doing dishes. And I just have this like burning sense inside of me that that can be a great part of life too. So mm. that's a little bit about me. Well, and that stuff changes. And I think I saw in your story, like that laundry pile is going to go away someday. And so appreciating it for what it is right now is a a great mindset to have. You know, I was thinking about it too. The gas station, it's Midwest on top of someone with a background in in faith where you have the whole, how are you really doing? (laughs) So that's just a a double combination that's dangerous right there for all those Philadelphia... gas stations that you went absolutely to. i i loved my barber shop but like i learned very quickly that we were going to talk <laughs> about sports or his snake collection and that's it like that that's as deep as we're gonna get oh gosh well we'll, we'll get a little deeper on this maybe <laughs> okay maybe okay. maybe not too deep though i don't know I, unless you want to share anything really deep with any people in the opportunity collective that's that's your choice so whatever it is you're excited about i'm i'm excited about it too well, you mentioned that you're a, a pastor. You're working with young adults primarily in, in that role. Tell a little bit about what it is that you do at, at Northview Church in Fargo. Yes. Yeah. So Northview Church is a church that I actually was a part of from when I was 18 all the way through college. Worked worked for the college ministry for six years before I ended out on the East Coast for a job. Came back. So my job is kind of my, well, one of my best friends, my mentor in college is our lead pastor. He became the lead pastor about two years ago and came on part-time and then full-time about a year ago. So I oversee kind of anything in relation to discipleship and next steps. So just really like people that are in the church, how do they grow in this faith and what do they need to do? What, what classes can we plug them in small groups, all that stuff. And then kind of on the side too, is young adults. We have a really large college ministry, about 300 mm-hmm. to 400 students every year. And they kind of graduate. Many of them stay in Fargo and kind of honestly flounder a little bit. Like what's next for me? And, and that kind of grew a big desire of like, hey, let's let's kind of meet that need. And that's what birthed the idea of the podcast that mm-hmm. I that I do, which is called Going Somewhere Podcast. It's really for young adults in that ambiguous adventure of young adulthood where you 
are making giant decisions. You're moving across the country. <laughs> you're, you're, you're doing all these new things. And I just want to be a guide or a, a Sherpa if you're a mountain climber, just kind of along the way. But yeah, just a huge heart for young people, young adults, Gen Z. But I get to, I get to go from like Gen Z all the way to, you know, the, the triple Z, the people that are falling asleep during church because they're like <laughs> 95. So I, I get to do the whole gamut in the church. So it's pretty fun. It's a good line. I like that. <laughs> Gen Z to triple Z. Yeah, that's uh, put that on your LinkedIn header, right? There. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, working with these young adults, a lot of those Gen Z millennial young adults, I guess some millennials, I guess, aren't young adults anymore. Who knows? It's kind yeah, of yeah. Hey, gosh. I, There's some blurry lines there. Forever young as yeah. millennial myself. <laughs> yeah. But what would you say are maybe three lessons or takeaways that working with this group that you really think are important or would want a young adult to to leave Northview or go away listening to the Going Somewhere podcast and and have those nuggets? Yeah, it's a great question. I think you know, you could go down a lot of rabbit trails with this question. Cause like you, mm-hmm. you think of finances and relationships and career, like there's so many aspects of young adulthood. So I kind of boil it down to these three, the, the first I'll, I'll build to the, to the, the big one. But the first one for me is to fight for community. Mm. You know, friendship is so important and loneliness is the silent pandemic, you know? And so so many people struggle uh, to really find community, to find people that are investing in them, encouraging them. And what I see a lot of young adults do is, especially those that leave college and maybe a college setting, you know, you're around whatever your campus size mm-hmm. is. You know, our our context is like 13,000 students. You're going across people in classes. You're sitting with 300 of them in a class. And then you go sit in a cubicle with the same group of people, half of them you don't even like, and that don't want to do anything but like work with you. And I think finding that is really hard. So fighting for community, like making it an emphasis in your life, doing uncomfortable things to make friends, whether that's go to places in the church context, like going to the events and joining small groups or whatever the case is. Another one for me is to really find your rhythm. And what I mean by that is, you know, every season of life requires a new rhythm. And mm. a lot of us have a default rhythm that we just kind of sink into. You know, we, we just kind of fall into the place where, all right, I'm getting up, I'm hitting snooze, I'm rushing to work because I, you know, didn't set enough time. I'm buying a coffee that's $6 at the coffee shop. And we have this rhythm, but each season needs a new rhythm. So really find mm. that rhythm of relationship, of rest, of of just faith, you know, every season needs a new one. And then the final one is just lean into your life and lean into your faith, lean into your season. Some seasons seem less impactful or important than others. Mm -hmm. But I think that every season is just full of, can be full of joy, full of opportunity, full of adventure. And, and I think when you lean into your life and sure, your first job probably isn't going to be your last one, but you know, the person you're working for today is going to be the person that will write a re- letter of recommendation for you 10 years from now. So just mm-hmm. leaning in, leaning in and, and making the most of every day, every moment. Don't despise the small beginnings, as they say. That's good. I, I'm a little disappointed that it wasn't three F's. It was two F's. And then, well, I guess faith, <laughs> the other, like, I need like, to, yeah, I need to rethink that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I'm like, man, this is a pastor right here. He's got this three points going. And I'll break <laughs> freaking lean into your life, you know, Just put some <laughs> emphasis on it. Yeah, there you go. I like that. I really like the one, though, in particular, the middle one, finding your rhythm. I think as a young adult, it's the first time that you kind of have monotony after college. Like, And I think a lot of us freak out about that. It's just like, oh, I'm going to be going and doing this again. Like you don't have that thing that you know is coming down the line. Like when you're in high school, you know, maybe college or graduation and you have that to look forward to when you're in middle school, it's high school. Every single thing, there's this next thing to look forward to. And then all of a sudden and young adulthood, it's like, well, I could be here for the next 20 years doing this thing. So even just finding your rhythm, but being okay with the rhythm that is a skill set in itself to try and figure out how to get into that rhythm and be okay mentally and content and the goodness even like what you said the 75% of life of just the laundry the work <laughs> all these little small things it's not as sexy and exciting as some of the the things that in pre-young adulthood that we're looking forward to or think that life's going to be but it, it's good yeah, we always have those peak moments in life and you don't want to downplay them like your wedding, you know, like mm -hmm. your downplay is a big, your, 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 your wedding's a big deal. You spend a year planning it, every detail. And I just like to like think through that of like, what if I put not that amount of energy, but energy into my everyday life of like, there's anticipation, you know, what is it today? I look at my calendar every morning, like, what am I looking forward to today? And sometimes it's, it's a meeting that I've just been really excited to share some ideas with, or sometimes it's the date night with my wife, or sometimes it's just bedtime with my kids because it's a cherished time. Having those like mm -hmm. level levels of anticipation are a big deal. So the rhythm mm -hmm. thing, it's like, man, you got to carve out, you know, the habits and the, the disciplines, but also the relational patterns. Like I would have no friends if I just drifted with life because I'm a dad yeah. of three I have a busy job. I do things on the side and like, there's not much time. So I have to make it like, I have to make a relational consistency that says every week I'm going to have a phone call or a lunch with one of these five people, you know? So mm. it, it's those rhythms that you just need to sit down and go, what do I need to be healthy in this season, to move forward in the season, to look back at the season and go like, that was an awesome season. It had a lot mm. of challenges, but you know, mountain climbers don't tell the story of I came over the peak and I saw the view. It's no, I almost died at this point and <laughs> this is what happened. And that's the story they tell forever. So every season has a that's ton funny, of yeah. gold. <laughs> you don't, you, yeah, you don't really hear about the, the descent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, you hear, you hear about how Jeff, you know, lost his shoe and had to climb the last two miles without his shoe. And you're like, <laughs> that was epic, you know? But then he had to come down the mountain too without yeah. his <laughs> <Exactly. Gosh. laughs> poor Jeff. And, and so while there is like these rhythms and almost boring sometimes seeming, I don't know if that's the right the right word for it, because it really isn't. But there are also more changes and more transitions that you're just not able to predict in those twenties, early thirties. I mean, even for yourself. Did you know that you know the goal was going to be come back to the home 
home church be on staff or i mean you did other work with the carson wins foundation and like you said out in and you're out in philadelphia and stuff so walk us through a little bit of all these transitions that might not seem like they make sense but now you you know hindsight's 2020 you're on the other side and and what does that look like now for you yeah change change is inevitable in life but in this season of life young adults have higher change rate you know than any other mm-hmm. season really and so in our in our situation like i had a job you know in ministry as a college pastor i thought i was going to die in that position the guy that was my boss at the time he is still in that position he's been doing it for 35 years so i just thought i'm just going to keep doing it and i'll be him in 35 years um, and then our kind of plans changed. We were given an opportunity. We took it, moved across the country with a one-year-old and we were pregnant with another. And so we went through so much change in a short amount of time. We, we, we changed states, you know, we, we had to uproot from all of our friends, the people that we love the most, our family who was taking care of kids on Wednesdays, mm-hmm. doing all these different things and, and kind of step out into the unknown. And we learned a lot through that change of, of job, you know, like went from kind of a predictable job that I kind of knew how to do it well. And then now I'm working for a kind of a startup nonprofit that has a pretty substantial annual budget and I'm in charge of the operations and events for it. Like hmm. there was a pretty high learning curve, high change rate, but I think just stepping into that, like with some confidence, but also I'm like a lifelong learner. So you know, if I, if anything, I'm going to learn something from this. I'm going to lean into, I'm not going to be intimidated by people that know more than me or have been there longer than me. Like those are the people, they're friends, they're not foes. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we, we went through a lot of change. We, then we had COVID hit us six months into moving across the country and with young kids and our son had just been born, had a NICU stay. Mm-hmm. And then job in itself changed. I worked for Carson Wentz, who was traded to the Colts, and that sent most of our team to Indiana, and we were given the chance to go back to Fargo, and we took it and worked remotely for a year, back on staff with church. But it's been so many different changes, and every one of those changes has required us to kind of stop, pause, and like reflect on our own lives. And there's been health in some of the change. There's been unhealth in some of the change, mm. and just being able to realistically look ourselves in the mirror and say what needs to happen right now for us to thrive in this season and just to add on that we had when we were in new jersey COVID happened i was probably in one of the healthier places i've been i was on the edge of burnout in ministry and COVID happens and everything changes and now i just have like so much margin And I just learned how to rest, like all these different things. And then I was kind of thrown back into the fast paced ministry setting. That is what I know in Fargo. And I've had this like big overarching thing over our heads of like, we can stay healthy. We don't have to, it's not contingent Mm -hmm. on the job or the season, like health can transpire through it all. But what do we need to do differently here than we did there? Oh gosh. Yeah, that's good. What? What I want to hear too a little bit is how you found that opportunity to go out to with Carson and because I'm always interested to hear how people might 
you know, be able to reverse engineer and create more opportunities in the future. What lessons have you found from that where if you needed to, I don't know, want to make a change later on or were feeling led to a change and needed to, you know, come alongside and work on that along with the calling? Like, what would you would you do based off of that? Yeah, I mean, our our kind of story was like, we were so dead set in our lane, what we felt like was going to be forever. And so Mm -hmm. at that time, I wasn't really thinking of other options, plan A's, plan B's, plan C's, next steps. Like I was just kind of in that place. And then Carson was a part of our college ministry and we became close friends and I started kind of mentoring him and just talking to him a lot. And so when he got drafted, we just kind of stayed in contact. I went out to a game every year with my wife. And then he started a, a camp for, for kids that had severe medical conditions, you know, whether that was a, a severe injury or cancer. And so he wanted to do a camp that would just provide hope and joy for them, called it mm-hmm. Camp Conquerors. And about two months before it or three months before it, they asked me, hey, would you help us lead this thing and speak at this thing and direct this thing? And so I was like, absolutely. So it kind of came from just like a simple yes of a a one-time opportunity that seemed Mm -hmm. really fun to help some friends out. And then it was by the end of that camp, it was kind of a informal, Hey, we're growing. There's a lot going on. We need somebody to help us with logistics and just events and all that stuff. So it was another year. I didn't, I said no right away. And then I said, well, let's rethink that. And, you know, I think in my framework, a a faith framework, you know, Mm -hmm. To me, the way I just the the way I define success is simply like, am I obedient to the call of God in my life, but also to to who He's called me to be? And so I think that's a step by step thing. And so yeah. I've got five year plans, ten year plans. I've got things that are down the pike that I'm like super excited about. But at the end of the day, like success is doing what I was supposed to do. And so in that season, like it just became so clear and obvious like the thing i have to do is go and it was a hard thing to do it was a fun thing to do adventure man but yeah at the end of the day like it was a lot of goodbyes a lot of hard conversations and decisions but totally worth it and you know we obviously we didn't have full say in the end of that season you know like it just happened the way it did but i think we're so grateful that we said yes not knowing if we were ever going to come back or if we were going to come back in two years, 10 years, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just that, that yes, just led to different opportunities down the road for sure. Yeah. The relationship in general, just being for someone and being willing to give you gifts, natural abilities and saying yes, when something comes up, that's what I took away from, from what you were just saying. Now being in, so, okay. So in a, in, operations and events i can understand as a former youth pastor how those skills are transferable (laughs) to then going back into ministry but what have you seen kind of transfer then your abilities your skills from what to other people might sound like a, a random job that that doesn't have anything to do with working at a church build build the gap just get the merge it together there you go that's what i'm trying yeah. to say <laughs> no that's good i i think well first of all ministry in most contexts you are a, a communicator an event planner operations coordinator 
a plumber, a, you know, whatever you wear, you wear a lot of hats in ministry. So like the simple answer is, you know, I could have gone out and worked construction and I would have been like, oh, wow. Yeah. I've got to make this thing for the Easter production. <laughs> so, so like it's, it, it all ties back together that way. But for me, partially like on the operations side, I really dove into a lot of our finances, a lot of our long-term planning and long-term planning all the way down to like the day-to-day operations of a multi-million dollar nonprofit. We had three legs, you know, three different ministries mm-hmm. that were kind of all very different, but we had to figure out budgeting. We had to figure out how to take care of our employees and and the plan of growth and all that stuff. So the operations side really translated to just the day-to-day side of ministry and we're dealing with budgets and they're a little smaller, you know, sometimes, but, and then the, the event planning, you know, I was planning fundraising events and then ministry events too. So our camp conquerors helping plan that 60 kids at a, at a camp and keeping them all alive, making sure they have fun, communicating to parents along the way. But then we'd also do like a fundraising softball game, a charity softball game where thousands of people would come and we'd have college athletes or pro athletes play in the game and just tons of moving pieces. Every inning there's a sponsor. And so I got to work with so many different things and so many people. We got to work with the Eagles event staff and the Colts Mm. community relations team and the city of Philadelphia and like all these different partners that taught me a ton, but really all of them were just based on bringing awareness and bringing people together for a cause, which is obviously at the core of Christianity. And so really though, at the end of the day, like I'm a very purpose-driven mission-minded person. I know who I am and, and the, the gifts that I have, I, I want to bring those to the table. And I think that can translate a lot of places. I know some pastors that are like, I'm called to be a pastor and that's it. And I could see myself being a pastor in 50 years, but at the end of the day, I want to help everyday ordinary people live their life to the fullest. And mm-hmm. I can do that through helping helping kids and their families that are going through cancer. And I can help with these events where we bring people together for a day. And, and you know, so, I mean, there's just lots of, lots of carryover in everything, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, I mean, the, the title changes a lot, but I mean, the giftings and the skills and the, the, honestly, the calling and, and who you are, it, it complements each one of the the ministries that you've been in. So that's what I like about and think about calling more often is less of a, a title or a position that you're really called to and more of you're called to use skills and gifts and multiple positions for about the same cause, usually, you know, a theme, more of a, yeah. a genuine, a general theme than a position. So I think there's so there's a difference between there's a difference between identity, who you are, mm-hmm. calling, you know, what you're made to do and your assignment. And so I think mm. the the vehicle that you drive to to make that happen and that's not original to me. I can't think of who it is, but you know, the the assignment's going to change, but your identity shouldn't change and your calling rarely will it'll it'll shift a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really the the calling that I feel the most, like when I look back when I was 18, when I was 19, 20, like the, the theme throughout it has been the everyday ordinary thing. And as a pastor, that's like, that's where everybody lives. Everybody's living, looking at that stack of, of laundry that, that my wife and I just had this epiphany the other night. 
they're looking at that and they're dreading it and they're 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 upset about it and it's it's for me it's like helping people see like there's blessing in that there's good in that that laundry pile is going to get smaller as your kids get older embrace this season find the gold in this season and i can do that if i'm a I'll figure out a way to do that if I'm an electrician, you know? So, yeah. but also I'm probably not an electrician cause that's not where my giftings are. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I forget who it is too, but the difference of different callings of the universal calling and that's identity based and who we are created yeah. for and by and vocational calling, which is usually what we think about, but calling to a general theme of career or or work and then your daily calling, which is if the pipes are broken, your calling that day is not to necessarily be thinking of, well, I can't fix the pipes because I have to be a I have to be a pastor right now. And then you need to <laughs> you need to go fix those pipes. So just those differences there. Right. So why a why a podcast? And you also mentioned writing. And I'm curious about both of those mediums because we love a, a writer slash podcaster on in the Opportunity Collective. I think that we're all very galvanizing sort of people in the collective. So talk a little bit about both of those goals and, and things that you're working on. Yeah. So I'll start with the writing. When I like look back at even being a kid, like the stories that I had to write for elementary school, I still remember some of the concepts or some of the things that I wrote about. Like writing was a way for me to express myself. It was a way that I kind of controlled the narrative, you know, maybe in a, in a, in a bad way in the sense of like, okay, I need to grow up out of that. But writing for me was like a, a place to express myself and a, a place to escape. And so when I was 18, I started a blog that you know, I hope nobody finds those original posts, you know, but <laughs> you know, it was actually for a project we had to do in four school. And simultaneously I was like, this is, this is cool. So I started one for myself and just kind of wrote raw things that were going on in my life, raw things that I was learning. And one, it was awesome. But then two, it was like something that I was like, man, this is really fun for me. I get a lot of people that will just say, Hey, keep doing it, keep doing it. And so writing has just kind of been something that's always been under the surface. And I, I've done just a variety of projects, whether that's for myself, for the church, for people. But yeah, what writing's a big part of kind of my mix now. And and working on working on a book right now, have about three or four things that are just like in notebooks that's just like I need to carve out the time to make this stuff happen. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, writing's a big deal to me. It's it's what I feel like is a gift God's given me to really inspire, encourage, challenge people. And so that's a big deal. And then the podcasting, I've always been into like the video creation process and just storytelling and all that stuff. So in college, I took different multimedia classes in high school. I was on the multimedia team. So just kind of doing the garage band thing, the iMovie thing was really fun. But during COVID, I was bored. Everybody was not working for a bit. And so I decided I'm living across the country. I'm just going to, I'm going to Instagram live a different friend every day and we'll record it. And, you know, we called it quarantine coffee with friends. I would just call up a friend on Instagram live. We would talk for like 30, 45 minutes. And every time I was done, I would look at my wife and be like, I need to do this. This is so fun. And it was, it was also like mission driven because it was like, Nobody knows who my friends are outside of our friends. Mm. 
And so, but they all have something beautiful to say. Like they're all living meaningful lives that I loved those conversations of pulling those things that they didn't know were out of them. And so I, I looked at my wife and was like, I need to do a podcast. And then I just got really overwhelmed with the idea of buying mics and, you know, I want it, I want it to be perfect. Like that was, that was the biggest thing is I wanted it to be perfect. And I honestly didn't know what the message would be. And then as I started to interact with more young adults, it just kind of became really clear that they were an underserved demographic when it came to just somebody helping them along the way. And so it just became became pretty obvious that I found the the space that I wanted to to jump in and bought the mics and kind of the rest is history. Had no idea how many episodes I would last. And right now we're 36 in, so it's been really fun. Yeah, yeah, that's it's going pretty well. It's like one of your favorite guests or or subjects that you have have done. Favorite guests. Okay. So one gal is Jamie Nato. She's an author and she's just a very raw, real person. I, I was actually going to work and my wife asked me like, what are you doing today? I was like, oh, I got this meeting, this thing. And then I've got a podcast and she asked who I was with. And I said, Jamie Nato. And she freaked out. And she's <laughs> like, I've been following her on Instagram for four years. And so, you know, she has a, a really cool story, but she was like so present and engaged during the interview. Mm. I didn't know her from anyone else. Like, I mean, I was just this little podcast that her, her publicist scheduled it. She probably didn't even know it was happening until it did. And her audience is like all female. And she said, I think this is my first dude podcast host I've talked to. So oh, wow. but she just like leaned in and she was hilarious and super fun. And then another one would have been Amy Olson, who's a professional golfer on the LPGA mm. tour, but she's from Fargo and we've been friends. I officiated her wedding several years ago and she was just dropping truth bomb after truth bomb. And, and it was really fun to have that conversation too. So I've had a lot of great guests, you know, but, but those are a couple that stand out. That's awesome. How, how's the reception been with some of the young adults or the people that it's being made for? Yeah, it, it's been good. I think obviously with any project or podcast like this, you kind of find, you know, okay, there's a selfishness to it of like, I want to do this because this is fun for me. This is an expression for me. But also you learn, <clears throat> you know, all right, this one is getting way more engagement. This one seems to be producing a lot of questions or a lot of like me too moments. And I think that's been kind of the fun, the fun part to it is learning some of the things that I'm most excited about mm. are just like, you know, they go well, but nobody's like super excited, but things like singleness, things like, mm. you know, finances, you know, it's kind of based on the engagement of the conversation, people really lean in. Mental health was another one. Yeah. Uh, I had an episode on mental health that went great, like, but I wasn't going home telling my wife, like, this was the best episode ever. And that's another one of those that I keep hearing, like, that's my favorite episode. That's my favorite episode. Mm. And so, yeah, I, it's been fun. I have a lot of guests that I just know through relationship. And then I've had others that a publicist or somebody's reached out to me saying, Hey, this person, and I love the challenge of having a stranger on the podcast and, and rolling with it. And, and, and those are some of my, my favorite episodes because I have no idea how they're going to be when they're talking to a complete stranger. So. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm trying to think too, like it is surprising just the ones that 
I'm like, oh, this one's going to be a real big hit or this one. And I don't, I don't think it will be. I enjoy them all, but it is surprising which ones go and which ones don't. Maybe I'm just not very good at the analytics of it all. And I'm just here having a conversation and enjoying myself, which is kind of the point too. I think that's okay. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. that's okay. Yeah, we're just having fun. And if it, it helps people, it, it helps people and that's the goal. But yeah, well, speaking of helping people, I always ask two questions alongside the what are you excited about question, which usually is the meat of the episode. But those other two have to do with helping people. How can people help you? And how can you help Opportunity Collective members? And so you have a lot, like we said, transferable skills. And you've probably mentioned a couple of them, of some of the things that you offer or are able to do, ways that you might be able to help a listener create opportunities today. So what are the likes of five, maybe five? I mean, it doesn't have to be five if you don't want to. It can but let's not go like 20. All right. Uh, yeah, we'll stop before 20. <laughs> yeah, we'll just before 20. But some tangible skills, gifts, things that you have to offer other people. I I think, you know, it's a great question. I love, by the way, I just love the concept of your podcast. And, you know, I think you're rocking it and you're doing a great job. And it's so fun just to be sitting here, feel honored to be on your podcast. But, you know, one is is speaking, just something that, that I just love doing. I, mm. you know, I, I've been around some some people that care very little about, you know, they don't even have social media. A lot of the people that I'm closest to don't even have social media. Like they just are in it to to do it because that's what they're made to do. And I've just mm. gleaned from that of like, I want to add value anywhere I go. You know, that's that's the point of speaking. It's not to build anything for myself, but it's to to add value to the listener and to help them take a step wherever direction it is that you're supposed to get going. But yeah, speaking and writing are kind of two of those big, 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 big things for me. Time management is another one mm. that I've just, I have a lot of desires and dreams. And then I've got a great responsibility to young children and a wife. And it's, it's not for me, it's not about productivity as much as it is, you know, spending the right time on the right things. And, and part of time management is saying no to things you need to say no to, whether that's permanently or for a season. And so that's just something that, that I've really kind of stepped into and just realized like, man, I can, I can help people because of my experiences with just what are the right yeses? What are the right no's and, and how each rhythm or each season needs a new rhythm. Another one would be event planning, just a very tangible, practical skill. I've planned events for small groups. That's actually one of my favorite things to do is take like 13 or 14 people and give them a really great intimate experience where it's, Mm. whether it's kind of a guided retreat or something that really adds a ton of value to them in a short amount of time. Those are some of my favorite memories of college ministry is taking a group of 10 to 12 students to a cabin or to somebody's house three hours away and just having really great conversations and doing activities that help them grow. But then I've also been able to plan events for thousands of people that have lots of moving parts. And so the organizational aspect of that, the thinking through what are we trying to have happen from this event mm-hmm. versus just doing the event, you know, 
raising money is not necessarily my super strength, but I understand the idea of raising money alongside providing value. So that's another one. And then honestly, just the idea that I shared earlier of, I mean, maybe just calling it, whether it's tangible or not, perspective, (laughs) giving perspective, intentionality. Intentionality is a big sweet spot for me. And so sometimes I realize that that's a skill that I don't realize is a skill of of helping people really discover what's most important for them and invite them into a life of greater meaning and purpose. Yeah, sorry. And podcasting, I I do that too, but (laughs) I'm I'm not good at audio mixing or video editing. (laughs) Yeah, I just do it. Yeah, yeah, that's not, I'm not offering that to anybody either. (laughs) That's for sure. Well, on the flip side of that, too, like, like we're just saying, you know, video editing and audio editing and things, what are some ways that people might be able to help you and support you in some of the big dreams, the, the mission and the work that you're doing, the things that you're excited about? How could somebody play along? Yeah, I think. You know, the video editing, you know, audio production is stuff that I just am like good enough to get it done. But that's just like an area that, man, having people in your corner that can do that is a big deal. And I, I'm just like, the possibilities are endless, you know, of, of that happening. The graphic design is another one of those yeah, that I'm like gosh. adequate at, but I'm a Canva yeah, you know, aficionado. <laughs> like I live on Canva. And then also just like, So some of the things that are in the works, like they're in the early stages of just different business ideas that I have, whether that's just with, like for me, the practice of journaling is a big deal and Mm -hmm. there's a million journals out there, but I've been doing something that's really been helpful to me. And and I've started to think like, man, that's something I can maybe give to other people and see if it's something that would help them. But the business side of that kind of stuff is all new to me. You know, I've been in the nonprofit space in the church space but just the ideas of running a business and, you know, I just think of like products and like, where do you even get products for cheap and mass producible and, you know, all that kind of stuff is a a, a blind spot for me for sure. Yeah. Oh gosh. That would be really great to know too. So let me know. Yeah. (laughs) When you find somebody. I got you. I got you. (laughs) Yeah. Listener, if you're out there, we both want to talk to you about that. That sounds great. Oh, one thing that I was also thinking about is when we were on the phone together we both want to write. And so I'm, I'm thinking maybe would you and I start a little writer's group just for accountability or something. I don't know. I'm not throwing this out there and you don't have to do that. But that's another thing that I know that I am always looking for help, just encouragement and accountability when it comes to putting words on the page. Like that's, that's the biggest thing for writing a book is actually writing it. So absolutely. And even on top of that, like the editing side of it too, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm, I feel like I'm the, I'm the worst critic, like we all are. And so when I'm writing, I'm like, oh, it's not good. It's not good. But if I had somebody that I knew was like a killer editor, I would probably write a lot freer. And so, you know, like I, I think, know one, I, I know one really? and That's awesome. uh, she's a part of this whole thing. I actually interviewed her on one of the episodes. So Kimberly, I'll, I'll introduce you <laughs> to Kimberly. Love it. Love yeah, it. She edited one of my things once and I'm just like, how did you get my tone better than I did? <laughs> like so that's a yeah, gift yeah i'll introduce you to kimberly that, that sounds great or in, any other listeners that you want you want to throw your resume that way too let us know we'd, we'd love to 
to help anyone or, or have anybody just have an opportunity from all of these things. Like we, we can't do it all and we're just way better when we do things together. So that is the goal. You know, like I say, collaboration over competition any day. Yeah. That's what's going to create uh, opportunities for you. So how could people connect with you if they are wanting to reach out, if they want to help, if they want to send you some some books for your bookshelf behind you? That's been bothering me the whole <laughs> the whole episode. It's just a it's a blank bookshelf. I'm like, this is reverse podcast so, studio setting. Usually it's yeah. like full and color coordinated and everything. We gotta send you some books. Remember that that thing I was talking about? I just had to do it to, you know, because done is better than not done. And done and imperfect is better than not done and someday perfect. So yeah, I'm in like this, it's an old office in our church that is no longer used. And the dream from day one has been to create like a set in here or to just mm. fill the bookshelves. And I just haven't yet. So yeah, if anybody is a great podcast studio designer for cheap, hit me up too. But no, where you can find me and just kind of keep connected. And I'm, I'm excited about it. I think that's what the cool thing about this Opportunity Collective is, is like, it, I think that, like you said, we're better together. Like when we understand who we are and what we can offer people and no strings attached, or like, you know, how that goes, like, it's awesome. It's a beautiful thing. So you can find me on Instagram at just Steven Glosser. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N Glasser. So if you're looking for the the spelling, I, I do a lot there when it comes to just family life, just the everyday stuff, but also just more inspiring stuff that that I'm doing more and more of. And then also my website, which is stevenglosser.com. You know, I was telling Daniel at the time of recording, it's still under construction. I have a I have the website but it's not where it's going to be by the time you are listening <laughs> today. So check that out. Just things I'm writing, projects. You'll be able to find the podcast there, the Going Somewhere podcast. You know, check it out. Yeah, and I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. And if you're hearing this, that means that it was successfully renovated and up there. If you're not hearing this, well, then this is this is moot. I'll do a little take here. here here's the if you're not. All right. Well, thanks, Stephen. That's all, I guess. Nothing else. But you're you're gonna get there. And so go check out. He put a lot of work into it, you know, and and is getting Tons it by it. the time this is released. So go and look at the website compliment him on the website and send a message and just affirm and that would be helpful as well so a link to that is in the show notes gosh i i don't know how 45 minutes just happened but it, it did i had a lot of fun and it it's the, it, going back to the beginning it's it's the midwest nice you know we can, oh yeah we can meet at a gas station at the at the local casey's grab a a, a pizza <laughs> grab a pizza hey, at Casey's and there's you know, a big slice. There's a big disagreement in my household right now. I don't like Casey's pizza. Casey's <laughs> is a gas station that serves pizza, but it's not gas station pizza. I will give them that. But my wife was just upset the other night. The pizza was like an hour and a half after they said it was going to be done. And I'm just like, you don't go to, you know, you don't go to the the Domino's down the street and ask for gas. Like they're they're giving <laughs> well, you the they'll gas. They'll give it to you, but in yeah. a different way. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so yeah, Casey's Midwest Nice. You know, we can yeah. we can turn a five minute 
interaction into five hours real quick. So, oh yeah, easily. Well, you know, I, I actually have never had a Casey's pizza. I, I just know about it. And that, that is definitely a thing. I mean, we have Casey's around here, but yeah. Do you guys have a Wawa up there? We don't in Indiana, but I hear I, that's a thing. I had Wawa out in Philadelphia. Wawa was created out there. So they, they think Wawa is the greatest thing known to humankind. Social media, everybody is so excited about Wawa. I I don't know where it is. I guess now I do, but I I just, whenever I mention like a gas station, like that's the thing that and come and go people, people really like that on social media, but I think that's a different reason (laughs) anyway. So yeah, thanks for listening, listener. And hopefully you could stand our our sidebars here, our our conversations and what we thought, thought was funny or stories that we had to share. But welcome to the Midwest. And that's what you're going to get. So we appreciate you. Reach out to Stephen and let him know if you have any of those things that he's looking for. Or if he has something that you need that would be helpful in creating opportunities for you and the things that you're passionate and excited about, we want to hear about those things too. We just get excited to hear about all the the cool things that people are just pumped about. Like this last episode I released was with somebody, Kirby, she's in agriculture and I'm and excited about agriculture, like super pumped about agriculture. And I, I loved it because she's excited about something that I've never thought about. So that we love hearing things like that. So join us next time. We're going to continue to have these conversations and we're going to continue to create opportunities for ourselves, but more importantly for others. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Steven. I know I did. We had too much fun talking. I look forward to just interacting with him a little bit more in the future. But that's where the magic happens is in these conversations and being able to talk to somebody, hear what they're excited about, hear what they can do and how they can help you and the wonderful gifts the Lord has given them that they are equipped to help people with. And then also hearing some ways that maybe you can help them out as well. That is where opportunities are going to happen is when we collaborate. But I don't want to be the only person collaborating in the Opportunity Collective. I want you to have opportunities to have these conversations with one another. And in order to do that, we have to gather. So I've created something new called the Collab. It's a virtual gathering of the Opportunity Collective. And We're going to have these regularly. It's free. It will always be free. I want collaboration to happen amongst you. How this is going to work is you will join the collab event and will be a little message from me on personal professional development at the beginning. And then you'll break up into pairs and get the opportunity to do what we do on this podcast. Hear what one another are excited about, offer ways that you can help and ask the other person for advice, suggestions, or even for help in ways that you need help in taking the next steps to fulfill the things that you feel called to create in this world. So that is called the collab. I want you to be there. I want you to know that it's happening. And in order to do that, you have to join the email list. You have to join the email list to hear of all these wonderful opportunities to collaborate. And you can do that at the link in the show notes. I'll see you there. We're going to collaborate. We're going to create more opportunities for ourselves. 
but more importantly, for other people.